2: share ourselves and our gifts with others because we're kingdom-minded. Paul received his financial help, which helped him to spread the gospel. Many of the people that were holding him in jail there, they became believers. But even more than that, those finances helped Paul write the book that we're studying right here today. You see, Jesus says, you've received your salvation freely. You didn't pay for it. So you just give.
0: Many people are takers by nature. You see the worst of that in crimes like robbery, shoplifting, and identity theft. It's more uncommon to see those who give without getting something in return. Most people have both giving and taking characteristics displayed in their lives. The follower of Jesus, however, is to be a giver, not expecting to receive in return. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the Apostle Paul's life, how he gave for the sake of the gospel, over and over again, not expecting those he helped to give back in response. You'll find out how God used those receivers to give back to Paul. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4. As he continues his message, the joy of sharing ourselves with others.
1: Paul's got a need.
2: Maybe they heard through the grapevine that he had a need. But God makes sure that these people in the church of Philippi, you guys be the church of Philippi, they hear about the need. So they're sensitive to God. So Paul prays to God, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. God speaks to these people, they become sensitive, they respond to the need, and they give to Paul. And what do we have? A perfect triangle. We had God involved, and we had what else involved? People. See, God often supplies our needs through other people. Now, He can do it direct, He can just come right down and do it direct. How many today, if you have a financial need, would like God just to open the windows of heaven and just provide for you money right now? Well, don't just raise one hand. Let's just let's just raise two hands. Praise
1: God!
2: It's fallen off the tree! Can you imagine if that hit the Today newspaper? We wouldn't have any room in this place. Everybody, come in. Where's the place where you can just hold your hands out? Now, God can do that supernaturally. He can heal us supernaturally with nobody touching us, nobody even praying for us. He just does it. But very often, he says in the book of James, call for the elders of the church they'll anoint you with prayer. So see, God often uses people to meet our needs. Now, that's what happened. That's how Paul's need got met. So there's two key words that I want you to say this morning and then you want you to repeat them to your neighbor. Others... Good. And sharing. Sharing. So to your neighbor, say, this is what today's all about. Tell them the two words right now. Turn to your neighbor. So when you leave the building this morning, you can't go like, what was that all about? Others. And let me hear it. Good. Now, Paul gives us a little history. Turn to verse 15. Moreover, as you know, as you Philippians know... In the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when things got started on the mission trips, when I set out from Macedonia, now watch this, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. Interesting, Paul shares this key. Write it down. Paul knew this principle. Some people are givers, and other people are takers. Now, we're all both of those, but some people major in giving, and some people simply major in taking. So Paul says in the early days of his missionary trips, he had started many churches. He would go to an area, get a home group, start a church, appoint elders, teach them, move on to another city. And then on one of his mission trips later, years later, he'd come back and minister to them. So all over that area of the world, there were so many churches, thousands of people that, well, Paul influenced, poured into, gave, started the churches, shared himself, gift. During almost all of those times, Paul never received anything from them. He would work as a tent maker. And so he would work Morning and night, his days were hugely long because he gave. But now Paul was in prison. He couldn't work, and he had financial needs. So what does he do? All of these people who had helped him, who had been part of him, who he poured his life, church after church after church after church, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, Notice what he says in that verse. Not one church, none of those thousands of people, gave to me. See, either they had forgotten about Paul or simply cared about their own needs. And that brings up a term that you need to think about. All of these people were self Centered. Not others centered. We don't know why. Whether they even forgot about Paul. Didn't have the money. Or just simply cared for their own needs. But there was one church. That wasn't self-centered. What church was it? The church. At Philippi. They were other centered. So most of the churches. Were takers. Takers not givers, except for the church at Philippi. Why would Paul mention that? That's a pretty interesting thing. You'll see in a moment why that is. This is not the only time in the Bible we see this. You see, by nature, when I'm born, by nature, I'm self-centered, I'm selfish. When God comes into our life, he wants us to be other-centered. Jesus is a perfect example of that. Now, Jesus not not only was a role model, but he gave us a great picture in a parable. It's the Good Samaritan. Would you just turn with me? Keep your finger there because we'll be right back. Turn to me to Luke chapter 10. Jesus loved parables because they had practical illustrations. And this particular parable represents the culture and geography of Jesus' day. A lot of Jewish priests who served in the temple in Jerusalem, they lived in Jericho. From Jericho to Jerusalem, getting there, they'd have to walk this road called the Ascent of Blood. It was a horrible road because there was frequent robberies on a winding path. You never knew what in the world was going to happen. Well, look at verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes, and they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31, kind of like a CSI, we're getting ready here. Verse 31, a priest, a Jewish priest, happened to be going down the same road. And when he noticed, when he saw the man, he crossed the road to the other side. So he saw the need, didn't do anything about it. Well, so too, verse 32, a Levite, another Jewish leader. When he came to the place and saw him, he too passed to the other side. But a Samaritan, people that were hated, half Jew, half Gentile. As he traveled, he came to where the man was. And when he saw him, here's the difference. He took pity on him. He had compassion on him. He went to him. He bandaged his wombs, pouring oil on wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. And when I return, if this isn't enough, I'll take care of the extra expense you might have. Then Jesus says this. All right, there's the story. Let's see how the application is. You see, anytime we teach, there has to be application. So here's the application. Jesus says... Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Let me just say it another way. Which of these three do you think was others centered? And the expert of the law replied, Well, the one, couldn't even say the word Samaritan, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus responded, You got it right. Nice lesson. See ya. No, he said you got it right. But he said, here's the application. You see, when you come to a teaching by whatever pastor, you're not here for head knowledge. You're here. I'm here for practical application. So Jesus said, absolutely. Absolutely. Now go and do likewise. See, Jesus said, don't be like the Levite and the priest who see a need, but are self-centered. I don't have time. I'm not getting involved. Forget it. It's going to cost me. I'm not going to do it. Jesus said, no, no, no. You be like the Samaritan who saw the need, and then he had compassion, and he got personally involved. I mean, he got off his donkey, put the man on the donkey. He had to walk, and then he had to have his wallet, and he met the need. Jesus said, that's the person that you need to be like. Don't be a taker. Don't be one who only is focused on self, but be other-centered and be a giver. That's exactly what happens. So this is a good point in the sermon today, to have a sila moment. Just be quiet. And ask yourself a question. I'll ask you two questions. You answer it yourself. Overall, are you other-centered or self-centered? Overall, are you a giver or a taker? Now, last Wednesday night, we here in Melbourne had the Awana Awards Banquet. Just a celebration of the kids that have the great Awana program during the winter time, all the way from August to May. And we had hundreds and hundreds of kids, and they sang, and they quoted scripture. And actually, they had a whole song. They knew the whole Bible. They did all this. And it was really neat as we watched those kids. It was a special evening. What I thought was neat is over here, we had this on the platform, they had a little choir. And Mom and dad are out there with the cameras. Come on, look at me. Look at me. Get, get, Trying to get the attention of the kids, whatever. And I, my wife and I were sitting over here, and I, I watched most of the young kids, especially young kids. When they were there, was their focus on out here? No, their focus was, oh, look at me. I, I'm on the screen. I'm on the screen. They're age five. They're on the screen. Hey, self-centered, baby. Look at me. Now, where did they get that nature from? Their parents. Because our sin nature is what? Self-centered. You didn't have to teach them that. They're concerned about themselves. But as we watched that whole program, Linda and I, we looked at all the volunteers that were there that night, getting them ready, involved in the program. And we commented, the thing that made those young children successful all the things that they were learning was volunteers who were other centered and they were sharing themselves, which made a huge difference in hundreds and hundreds of children. Let me ask you a question. If I'm other centered, will it cost me? Hello? Yes. Every single Wednesday night. Not a week. Every single Wednesday night. Behind the scenes. Nobody out here like me or one of the pastors that you can see behind the scene. Is anybody watching? God's watching. Is he noticing? God's noticing. And you'll see it at the end of the teaching today. So I just want to say thank you to all the Iwana people. PJ and his whole team and all of the people, Steve that spoke that night, thank you so much. As well as all the other campuses and all the kids' ministries and all the things that are behind the scene, the youth ministries and whatever, and all our volunteers. You see, we're a church that loves to serve people. Why? Because that's the role model from our Savior. So thank you. That was a beautiful, beautiful picture. Now, Jesus didn't only give us that parable. But he tells us why we should be givers and other centered. You're not far away. Turn to Matthew, just a couple books back. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. And look what Jesus, our role model, says. See, Jesus always loved to be around people. Here's what he says. Verse 8. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. And drive out demons. And here's why. See, to do all those things, you can't be self-centered. You're going to have to get involved with people. You're going to have to touch them. You're going to be, have to be around them. Notice what he says. Freely you have received, so freely give. See, we learn to give. We learn to serve freely because we have received God's forgiveness. And we've received God's goodness with with no charge. Everything you and I have as a Christ follower comes from God, whose nature is a giver. So by design, here's what you want to write. If you're a Christ follower this morning, we are not only encouraged, but we're expected to share. Why? It's our new nature. It's not my old nature. Remember, we share ourselves and our gifts with others because we're kingdom-minded. Paul received his financial help, which helped him to spread the gospel. Many of the people that were holding him in jail there, they became believers. But even more than that, those finances helped Paul write the book that we're studying right here today. You see, Jesus says, you've received your salvation freely. You didn't pay for it. So you just give. That's just a normal way to live. Go against your old nature to be self-centered and be a taker. How can I get out of this? No, you just be a giver. Now, let me share with you how that works as a family. Here's a picture in Taipei. This was last weekend. In case you don't know the guy there in the suit with a tie, that's your pastor. I do have a suit and a sport coat. And a few ties. I had to get him on off mothballs. But other than that, it's a Presbyterian church. You know, 3,000 people. Pretty sedate. So here's James Hudson Taylor. Now, what are we doing that weekend? Well, I had a need. I'm supposed to be teaching. Now, remember, we had a problem with my teaching. Because they told me that their sermon time is how long? Remember? 40 minutes. So with an interpreter, how much time does that give me? 20 minutes. And you know, Jesus had to help me. So we ask you to pray. Remember? When I walk in, the pastor the day before said, well, we've heard you sometimes need a little extra time. We've cut 10 minutes out of worship so you can have 10 more minutes. Hallelujah. Thank you. That God answers prayer. Praise God. So I began teaching. And I was teaching that day. I started at nine in the morning. And taught the first service, which was with an interpreter. Then I taught an hour uh, teaching, which was an English church. All the people at the English church came in. And then I taught the third service again with an interpreter. So I started at 9 and finished teaching at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a great time. Great time. Thanks for your prayers. Well, I was teaching on setting those things behind us. And we need to go forward. So I had the people at the start get their hands up. Now, first, to say in a Presbyterian church, get your hands up. They're looking at me like, as young as this guy. And then I said, you got to go like this. And they're smiling. And they're just laughing at each other. What is this all about? And then I said, you know, you have to love God, and you have to. And they're doing, they're doing this. And my wife turns. It was sitting next to the pastor's wife. She says, "Man, oh man, he's so animated today." She says, it's okay. We need it." <laughs> yes. You know what's special? I've done this many, many times. When you teach, and then the interpreter is anointed as you teach, whoo, you can feel God. And Jamie was going for it. It was, it was like we were together. He was finishing things before I started. It was, it was just God. And at the end of the services, at the end of the day, there was a choir singing. And they were practicing. And as they saw me leave the sanctuary after, we had lots of people that ministered at the altar and whatever, which is very unusual for them, but it was good. As they were leaving, they were kind of waving by, And I went, no, 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 no. And they went, oh, yeah. Bye, Pastor Mark. So it was great. Now, how did that happen? Because of you. I was representing you in all the churches. And I was representing God. I wasn't representing myself. We were taking over something that we do that God has helped us to do. We were taking it over there. That's the first place ever that they've even thought about a video campus and how they spread the gospel. That's because you guys were part of it. You. Paul was encouraging people and I just want to encourage you this morning. When we step out, God takes care of us. So thanks for your prayers. Now, when Paul mentions that only one church gave and all the rest didn't. What could happen in Paul's heart? Could Paul get discouraged? Say yes. I'm sure he was discouraged, but it didn't allow him to focus on the churches that didn't give because he encouraged the church that did give. Do you see the difference? He was positive, not negative. I just want to say this to you. All of us are in ministry. And if you're going to be in ministry, you're going to get hurt. There's going to be people that discourage you. Don't let it keep you out of ministry. Just go forward. Well, so Pastor Mark, I'm here now because I've been hurt. I'm not going to get involved anymore. I don't want to be around people. You can't live without people. Just get over it. Get back and get yourself plugged in. Well, I might get hurt again. Yeah, probably will. There are people. Hello. But the benefits outweigh the negative. Get back with evil. So Paul is near. So how does that work in a church? How does this body thing work? Well, let me show you Romans. Paul writes about it. Very clear to us. Take a look. Romans chapter 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're all parts of one body. While I'm over there and Chris is on the internet and whatever, we're part of this body. We're just ministering to another body for God. And we're all parts of his one body. And since each of us has different work to do, and since we're all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs the other. You see, I need you and you need me financially, emotionally, and spiritually. Here in our church, we kind of have five core values, things that come from the scripture that have to be in place for us to grow spiritually. Let me show you one of those. It's one of our five C's. It's simply called connect, connect to others in personal, vibrant relationships.
0: In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about the concept of being either a giver or a taker. He used the parable of the Good Samaritan to graphically illustrate the difference between the two. He shared that as Christ followers, we are to take on the nature of God, which is to give. He also talked about how sharing yourself with others is a lifestyle, not a one-time thing. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, The Joy of Sharing Ourselves with Others, He'll talk about the fact that becoming like God in this manner is a sacrifice. He'll recount what the Israelites did when they presented sacrifices to the priests and tell how the two sacrifices are similar. You'll be told the traits that you need to add to your life to become a giver. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right.
1: in a hurry